Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Benny just said, click the link and took my pants off. Oh, He's ready. Jeez. You're ready. Hey. Hello. Is that a tie-dyed work shirt? A tie-dyed work shirt? like long sleeved and professional i guess it's there's not buttons on it it's his tie-dye twerk it's shirt. like it's just a long yeah. sleeve t-shirt it's like <laughs> I'm here, it's like i'm here to work but i'm here to party too like <laughs> like the baby jesus in talladega nights who wears a tuxedo t-shirt <laughs> like I'm that's formal, exactly what this I'm is party. that's I, I picture my baby jesus in a tuxedo t-shirt too yeah, I picture my baby Jesus in an orange and black tie-dye. Well, that's t-shirt. yeah, that's not that's all that's under the tuxedo shirt. That's his undershirt. Because <laughs> there's a subtle uh, orange accent along the neckline. Plot twist: I am the baby Jesus, Terry. Oh, you are. oh I didn't yeah. see that coming. Yeah, play play five seconds of Little Drummer Boy by by anybody. By a little drummer boy, uh, <laughs> approximately 2,023 years ago. <laughs> it was it was the most fire mixtape of one uh, AD. <laughs> How's it going, guys? Yay! Happy New Year, you guys! Happy, happy New, New Year. Year! Happy New Year to all! Happy New Year, Beaver Fam! Happy New Year to you guys. And I think this is probably the first time that the three of us have been together either in person or on Zoom in well over a month where uh, it doesn't appear that any of us are sick. Yeah, (laughs) we're not visibly sick. We're not audibly sick. Um, You might think that I'm sick. That's just my heinous voice. And I'm I'm sorry about that. We're going to get, you know, voice box surgery uh, on the books here as soon as the merch store really starts taking off but we're we're a few <laughs> shekels behind uh that dream so you're um, stuck with this for now fuckers <laughs> but yeah happy, how, how was your guys's new year's what, what what did you what did you do what did you do who who did you hang out with cool people and do cool things i did i went to black butte and you did go to black nice butte. yeah i had a great time in black butte um we were able to stay at Funky Paul Molina's girlfriend's uncle's cabin. It, very important info for the for the listener. Yes, <laughs> shout, I was want because I want to say thank you and shout out to them because yeah. I know they're listening. Yeah. Funky uh, Paul Molina and Katie the Goat, love them. Yep. The first and, couple of the belligerent beeps. <laughs> yes. that is true. <laughs> but it was it was Best a good joke. time in the snow. Uh, just you know, hung out when you were when you were in Black Butte. Did you drink a Black Butte porter and just call it porter? Ooh. Oh man, you know that is such a missed opportunity. I didn't have any Black Butte porters. It's oh, like, my mom would be so jealous if you did. It's like going to Louisville <laughs> and eating Kentucky Fried Chicken and just calling it FC. 
<laughs> and hitting hitting with a baseball bat, even a though it's slugger. a Louisville slugger. Yeah, just a, exactly just a, a slugger. slugger. Okay. <laughs> uh, a trusty slugger. Yeah, there yeah. we go. Uh, so Black Butte in the snow. Did you did you ski or anything, or did you you just drank in a hot tub? Uh, yeah, I mostly drank in a hot tub. Watched a lot of sports. I I worked sports. out. I ran because I so I tried to use the bike at the gym at the rec center. But it was like it was one of those bikes that would tell you your uh, your cadence. But it was like if you were on like the first gear of a regular real you know, road bike. So like my legs were like flying out of the pedals, even though I wasn't even trying to pedal very hard because they just spun so fast, and I couldn't figure out how to increase the cadence. Have, okay, you didn't have any higher gears that you could get to. No, it was like this, you know, kind of rickety old bike. So I, gear, I ten, the the old ten speed Peloton. I gave I gave it up for the for the treadmill at the at the gym. Nice. There yeah. you go. I I my bone to pick with Peloton, and I'm not off to a flying start though. I uh, have gotten at least a meditation or a stretch in every day, so I feel no, you're back uh, to normal. Internally enlightened. <laughs> uh, but so on my profile, it still says zero rowing workouts. And I don't have a Peloton row. There's a rowing machine in my apartment's gym, but I can't. It's not like the bike where I can just pull up the workout, try and get the the cadence and resistance as close as possible. So it's saying I've never done a Peloton rowing thing, but it's not giving me the tools to do it. If it it's not show on Peloton, on it doesn't count. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I subscribe to that rule. What the hell? Okay, That's well, this why, yeah. 78th episode of the Belligerent Beast podcast is brought to you by our friends at Peloton. Uh, <laughs> Peloton! Uh, no, we're not that big time yet, but we might as well be sponsored by Peloton. Emma Lovewell, come on the pod. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Alex Toussaint, come on the pod. Mm, yeah. What are you waiting for? Come An on, invite? AT. That'd be a nice start. <laughs> well, here it is. Here's yeah, the invite. Is. You know who's still is. waiting for their invite? I supposedly Nick Daschle. That's not true. Nick Nick has an open invite. Yeah, yeah. If only he yeah, listens. Anytime you want. <laughs> anytime you want. What if, we should just start making our Zoom links public and see who tries to like click into it. <laughs> that could we either be that. a really good or really bad idea. Well, well no, we, we we have to let we have to let them in. That's why you were sitting oh, in the true. waiting room of a Zoom that didn't exist for five minutes earlier tonight. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I have to let you in. That's we need an intern to do that. I'm a expert intern i did a million of those things <laughs> submit I'm, your resume i might hire you i'm demoting i'm demoting myself from co-host to intern and i'll just check the random names that that pop up uh, nice. we, had, we had a zoom meeting at work one time that was like open to the public it was just like some like presentation and whenever you make a zoom link public you'll get an email from zoom that says your link has been made public. It is compromised. You should add a passcode or something as internet terrorists may try to hijack your meeting. And the first like five or six times, like nothing happened. But then one time we did get Zoom bombed and it was nice. the wildest shit that ever happened. Who'd you what get happened? Zoom bombed by? I have no clue. It was all this like indecipherable names and, and stuff, but people just coming on yelling nonsense 
uh, one person who wouldn't stop yelling Rick Ross. I don't believe it was actual Rick Ross. If it was Rick Ross, then <laughs> I go immediately from being very annoyed about this and just having to redo a bunch of work to being very flattered and very happy that Rick Ross uh, find my uh, my time worthy enough to zoom bomb me. But yeah, did I just they remember... have somebody else just going? Oh. oh no! So that's that's how you know oh. it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> Um, JP, please play five seconds of Every Day I'm Hustling by Rick Ross. My roof back, roof back, my money ride. I'm on the pedal, show you what. <laughs> you know, that reminds me. Request I, songs. Yeah, I do. I do. Uh, it does remind me, though, of something that I would do to you. I would, like, hire out on Fiverr a people to show up to your work meeting and and Zoom bomb you in, in a similar way that I, I uh, once signed you up for uh was it justin bieber inspirational quotes quote texts i th oh i think you did yeah yeah and, <laughs> and then like and i and, the, and back in the early days of the internet uh of the aughts the cat facts uh, I don't... or the tens <laughs> yeah what what were cat facts i, I was remember just like, that you vaguely. couldn't unsubscribe and it was impossible to get rid of it was like herpes for text messages but it would send you a random cat fact every day. <laughs> and you can Man, sign anyone if, up. Yeah. yeah, it'd be amazing if like even like you switch phones to try and get rid of it and then you get a new phone and you press activate and it's like ding and you get your first notification. And it's a text from cat facts. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you are a sleuther. You're admitting to all kinds of shit. Yeah, I'm not admitting the to the Zoom bombing. That's a, that's a, that yeah. is an offense of yeah. some kind. Yep. Um, they're saying to to some jail. vile shit too. We're we're not in the uh in the area of of thinking vile shit. We don't funny. speak vilely. No. No. <laughs> we're anti vile. Yeah, we are as <laughs> Take your vile are, and go shove it somewhere. We are a podcast of impeccable taste. <laughs> Anything and everything. Well, Benny, what did you do for New Year's? <laughs> did you go out I, wearing did you were, were you wearing tie-dye or were you tie were you tie-dying that shirt that you're wearing now? Yes, I no, I wasn't actually. I uh, I didn't do much. I stayed here with my dogs, who were really, really scared of all the fireworks going on around my house. Oh. Um, but I had done so. If you look at the Peloton app, you'll see that I have not done a ride in a long time. Uh, but that's because I've been doing yard work like crazy because oh, I have go. this three outside. How that... many Peloton yard works have you done? <laughs> yeah, many... yeah, they need to add that. How many like oh, eleven pound vests have you been wearing? <laughs> First of all, it was the sixteen pound vest. We need to bring that back. <laughs> and second of all, it felt like I wore it all day because I was so sore on New Year's Eve, hence why I didn't do anything. But um, I woke up New Year's Day feeling great, which is like the first time that that's happened ever. So that was cool. Nice. Yeah. Well, yeah. I hosted friends, which was fun. It was small, cool. And I ended up just drinking champagne and hanging out. And then everyone left at about 1 a.m. or so. And I turned on the season finale of The White Lotus because I still had not finished it. Oh, ho, ho, ho. And season two. And I, season finale of season two. And I still didn't finish it. And Ooh. I fell asleep. So what? I, I, then I watched it on New Year's Day. So I am oh. now, I'm, I'm now all the way caught up on uh, The White Lotus. And I'm really looking forward to White Lotus season three in Corvallis and it's, it's been decided be, it's, yeah well i i think greg greg greg's gonna show up you know like he like he'll be like the new oregon state booster or something with all that all that money 
<laughs> and uh, try, try not. Spoiler alert. Sorry, I should have said that. I guess uh, if I just finished the show, I can't shame anyone else for not finishing the show yet. Um, <laughs> that's always say, but great, great fucking show. Such a good a show. Bit, we're a little bit late on it, but we yeah. based, Benny and I watched all 13 episodes of the show's existence in probably 13 days. Uh, well, you did. I was in like three. Yeah. <laughs> I watched it so quick. That, Dude, that all right, you so white good. lotus harder than I do. Yeah. I yeah. get it. That's Fine. my flex. You yeah. also, you know what? I need to, we need to clarify. We're talking New Year's uh, plans and whatnot. And Benny, I don't buy your reason for texting us at 428 in the morning on New Year's. Dude, oh, I yeah, swear. you did text us that yeah. early. What did you I even swear. text us? Happy New Year's, my dudes. Love y'all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man, I fell asleep before midnight, and uh, and I woke up really, really early, and then I went back to bed and woke that's, up at a normal time. That's what, that's what you got to do when you like wake up at or just randomly up at weird hours, either yeah. for like insomnia or you went to bed like un you know reasonably early, whatever. Just like type some like random shit like the opening like ron burgundy's warm ups from like Anchorman. Like it's four in the morning. I wake or I wake up at eight. And I have a text from you at four in the morning that just says the arsonist has oddly shaped feet. And it's like, what the fuck? Who? Someone has Benny and he's trying to get us a signal. <laughs> yeah, man. I don't know. The older I get, the more I wake up at really weird times or I can't go to sleep at night. And so, yeah, maybe you'll get more 4 a.m. text from me. I would love that. Yeah. It was kind of fun to wake up and see a, a text from you. Uh, and not be not me or Terry initiating a first text, given that uh, Terry's two hours ahead of us. <laughs> yeah. Right. I don't know what it is like to receive a text from me when you wake up, uh, meaning that I woke up before you. But I would imagine it doesn't feel good because I am notorious for sleeping in very late. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah. I, I kind of just don't care anymore. <laughs> good. By my own. <laughs> It's JP is like I'm a, JP is like uh, just finished a Peloton ride and it's six thirty in Portland and it's eight thirty in Minneapolis and I'm still in bed and I've just been on Twitter not even liking anything not even tweeting anything just existing digitally yeah, uh, doom scrolling yeah yeah you know the the doom scrolling is bad enough but also you can't yeah. let doom scrolling then affect you more than it should. Yeah. So you were the weird guy who would join a chat room in on AOL and not say anything, not even like a just sub. watch. Well, I, we know I'm a, I'm a voracious reader, JP. That's a, <laughs> that, that leads into to New Year's resolutions. Um, I'm here for the content. Exactly. <laughs> I'm here for the. I'm here to consume content and uh, to read art. That's why I'm in AOL chat rooms. <laughs> not engaging. Just just reading. That's one of my, we have New Year's resolutions to get to mm -hmm. on this. Uh, mm. My standing, my standing New Year's resolution every year is to read my age in books. Uh, I have not succeeded at that <laughs> since my late twenties. Um, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm a slow reader. You guys make fun of me for being a nerd, but I, I oh, read slow. No. But so okay. so now no, it's <laughs> so not only am I a nerd, I'm a shitty nerd too. It's bad. <laughs> uh, so yeah, thirty five books this year is uh is the goal and if i don't reach it that's fine because you know what trying is important too i haven't mm -hmm. read 35 books ever yeah i was gonna say that, me neither and that and that's okay 
Yeah. It, I, was like, I had a resolution one year to try to read a book a month. <laughs> that would have been a that's third hard. of your goal. That's, that's just fine. That's just fine. I made I made it through twenty five percent of that. No, my so mine this year uh, is is solely what about just books like just about the San Francisco Giants. You could do that. Uh, no, <laughs> I just I get I'll read one and it'd be done. And be like I read a book this year. Done. Yep. Yep. Uh, but. That is kind of my resolution is to try to incorporate the year, stating the year outwardly as a as a part of a statement or claim to really emphasize the importance of this year. year. Yeah. So like you're saying nice. it's the belligerent beefs MJ year. No. Yes, but I, it is. But it's also me saying it's 2023. Terry, read 35 books. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> and finish finish writing a couple books. Yeah, it's you know. 2023. Yeah, yeah. Will right, you... Beard of the Unseen Here, Punch. Write uh, 35 books. Yeah. <laughs> can can your New Year's resolution to be to uh, send me a text shaming me every day and until I have a book deal? Yes, be, be, be real. Mean. Be Same. really mean about it too, because then you'll for sure stick to it. <laughs> It, guess what the opening <laughs> st- sentence will be on every text? What? It's 2023. <laughs> dot dot dot. <laughs> oh, yeah, you have been. You have already been doing that. I was like, <laughs> I, I forgot. It was something about Peloton, whatever. But I was like, oh, like work is immediately crazy, like off the bat. So it's gonna be a minute before I get into full like New Year's reset mode. And you're like, it's 2023, no excuses. And yeah. I, I read that, I was like, that's nonsense, but I love the energy behind it. So let's go. See? <laughs> so it, it does, it just, it just punches home more what you're trying to, the point you're trying to get across when you remind people that they have a short period of time to accomplish uh, said claim or, uh, whatever you're trying to back up via this statement when you insert the year. So I'm going to do that right. all year. It's going to be yeah. so much fun. Well, another goal I have that you will love shaming me for is a thousand minutes a month on the Peloton app. No, that's Whoa. good. Now, you don't get to say meditation minutes don't count because oh. I am engaged during those minutes. But I, I will hope that there is a good mixture of all of the offerings. It's called balanced. Balanced nice. what? Like balanced. My resolution is to be balanced. <laughs> to have balance. Peloton yoga. Yeah, Peloton. Uh, exactly. lay off the booze. <laughs> well, 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 you said resolution, not life-altering <laughs> changes. All right, that's that's a revolution, JP. It's not a New Year's revolution for a reason. You can't have one annually. It's too intense. <laughs> Um, any Benny, other what's Benny, yours? Do, Come on. do you have one to do to yeah. fix this fucking tree that's yeah. break, so, breaking your body? Yeah, it is breaking my body. So I think, number one, uh, I, I think it's important to look back on resolutions we had in 2022. I don't know if this was mine, but subconsciously, <laughs> I wanted to get healthy. It sounds like one that would be good. Yeah. I wanted to I wanted to get healthy and so I didn't ride the Peloton. I think both you guys no, I know both you guys beat me, but I rode the Peloton a lot more than I thought. So there you go. Uh I was yeah. I was happy with myself there. Um and uh so I have two sort of resolutions for 2023. The first one being just generally getting my front yard to be the envy of the neighborhood. I'm on I'm on the brink of it. I can feel it. So <laughs> Uh, a is, lot of work will be spent out there. Is there an, is there another guy like named like 
Roger or Dave or Jim on your block who has a really Rock. nice yard and is just like kind of an ass about it and you're just like I've, I've <laughs> got to beat I've got to beat Rock this is bullshit <laughs> actually then- actually the opposite so I have uh whenever <laughs> I'm out whenever I'm out in in the yard I'll have uh typically it's uh it's women that are like 60 plus that will be walking by and they're like tell about the podcast your your yard your yard looks so nice and that means a lot and it feels good so I want to continue well, that Well JP has already added to the merch store belligerent beeves lawn ornaments for you to incorporate into this resolution <laughs> so we can keep uh, reaching out to the 60 plus demographic our yeah. our favorite demographic that is um, True. Mm-hmm. Sorry, uh, I swear so much on this, Dad. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, Dad. <laughs> my New Year's resolution is also not to swear less. So sorry. Yeah, about right. That as well. The the other thing, um, or my other resolution. So I, I think I've been pretty uh, open and vocal about um, just like mental health in general and sort of my right. journey on that. And uh, I feel like I I spent a good majority of last year getting myself to. Uh, we're focusing on that and getting myself to a place uh, that I was happy with. And, uh, and that can be draining. Um, and so my resolution for 2023 is to have fun and, and like get out there and experience things. Because if you have poor mental health, sometimes it's hard to do that. So um, really want to take advantage of 2023. We're out of the pandemic. We're uh, it, it's sort of like a, a new chapter. So I want to really view it that way um and uh and incorporate you guys into that i think we're gonna have a really good time this year benny yeah it's 2023 it's 2023 it's 2023 let's have a good time it is 2023 it's a statement of fact yep uh lovely well uh what are your new year's resolutions beaver fam uh hit us up on twitter and instagram and the discord and let us know what you want to accomplish this year. Uh, whoever has the weirdest resolution wins. What yeah. do you win? Hmm. We don't know. We'll donate weird, to your though. GoFundMe. It'll be a belligerent beeves lawn gnome, <laughs> but it's but it's also alive. Can Ooh. I give you my resolution for 2024? Sure. It's to it's to go it's to go to the college football playoff championship game. Not saying anything else. All right. but I, you're just saying go to the game. I'm yeah, just saying yeah. I want to go to the game and well, of course. potentially buy tickets from our alma mater. Sure, sure, sure. You know, that's yeah. just, you know, that's all potential. Yeah. It's all conjecture at this yeah. point. Yeah. yeah, hypothetically. Right. Yeah. Um, Benny, tell your dogs to shut up, please. Thank you. Oh, Make shut up. Life easier. <laughs> oh, sorry. Be, be quiet, please. My other New Year's resolution is to be politer to mm. Benny's dogs. Be is it politer quiet. or more polite? <laughs> Uh, whatever. Um, we've we've got uh, we've got to power through some of these segments because uh, we've got uh, a lot to a lot to get to tonight. Yeah. Um, and start with uh, the the rag and beer segment will lead perfectly into our opening <laughs> uh, beef segment because uh, because rag and beers is her. She had an incredible game against UCLA. Uh, Pac-12 freshman of the week. Uh, got all kinds of uh, praise and cheer on social media. It's great to see her star rising even higher than we said it was going to be. And we'll we be call going this. into that with the Reagan beer segment. Uh, so JP, what kind of suds are you sipping on for tonight's Reagan beer segment? Uh, so mine is anything new, but before we do uh, at least share our beers, I do think that uh, I want to make sure that 
uh, we, we say that our thoughts and our prayers and our good wishes and good wills are with DeMar Hamlin and his family and his friends and yeah. his teammates um, because he's done a lot of great things. And it's nice to see that some of that's getting acknowledged now with his fundraiser, getting a ton of donations. Um, and that uh, it's, it's kind of sad that a tragedy like his uh, health scare has caused this to you know come to the forefront not any other means but um it's great to see humanity kind of come together uh to celebrate a guy who's doing good in the world and so i want to make sure that i'm just cheersing to him off the get-go uh because uh he he needs uh, our thoughts and, and prayers so in that vein i'm just enjoying an old favorite and it's the uh great notion blueberry muffin which is the right way oh, to start yeah. the year uh, with with uh, a bona fide classic. So to Demar, Demar, cheers, yeah, yeah. cheers. <laughs> and I know that was a reason why we were recording this episode on Tuesday, January third, as opposed to Monday, January second, as we were all watching that game and just could not bring ourselves to get on the mic and and be silly. Uh, I know it's not a totally different situation tonight versus last night. I believe uh, Cameron Wolf reported a couple hours ago that his condition has improved, but is still not uh, amazing. Uh, I think he said he's on a ventilator, but has improved to 50% oxygen needed after being at 100%. Uh, so that is certainly a good sign. Uh, but yeah. yeah, it was awful. And I'm just thinking about the health and wellness of that young man, his uh, friends and his family. But uh, the humanity that we saw in response to it uh, was nice to see mentioning uh, his his toy drive. That's been an annual thing that's going to be completely changed for the future because of the attention it got. And also just people like Lisa Salters, Ryan Clark, and Scott Van Pelt, yep. who had, had to broadcast through that for like four hours. Yeah. And just the sheer, you know, vulnerability and humanity that was shown during that in a shitty situation. Um, yeah. So, you know, cheers, cheers to Damar, um, for sure. That is who we will be toasting to tonight and keep, we're, we're thinking about you, buddy. Um, Benny, do you, do you have anything? No, I am substance free this episode. There you go. Is that a new yeah. year's resolution? Uh, no, but, uh, yeah, no, it's sure. not. <laughs> it's new year's resolution out too much. Yeah. <laughs> One substance free episode of belligerent beams and I accomplished my resolution. I win 2023. <laughs> well, right for my beer I've, I've had this beer on the show before but i think it's been a while um i was in milwaukee for some time over the holidays i was there visiting family with some of my favorite cousins uh and you saw a hoops game i saw a hoops game i saw the timberwolves mm. at the bucks and this at well the timberwolves beat the nuggets last night in a pretty good game but before that and still kind of now the, the my favorite basketball team is down pretty bad uh, and they lost a tough one to Giannis and the Bucks, who have played horribly lately. They think they're one in six in their last seven, and the one is a uh, pretty commanding comeback victory against the Timberwolves, <laughs> which felt like a great game compared to the game that happened a couple days later. I thought about staying in Wisconsin for a game between the Vikings and the Packers, and we'll just Ooh. say I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> uh, so... Just as I would say a concession to a, a weekend of losses to at the hands of my neighbors to the east, uh, I will be drinking a Spotted Cow from New Glarus Brewing 
Spotted Cow is the flagship from New Glarus. It's a brewery you can only get in Wisconsin. It's a pretty mediocre beer. I'm not going to lie. It's a good brewery that makes good shit. Somehow Spotted Cow is the most famous one. And I don't even like it that much, but it's become ritualistic to buy a 12-pack of Spotted Cow anytime I drive through Wisconsin. Because uh, also <laughs> you can buy beer at gas stations there, which you can't do in Minnesota. So What? You can't. It's ridiculous. It's dumb. Really? Wow. Yeah. We don't need to get into all the ridiculous history of uh, legislation around alcohol in the state of Minnesota. We'll be here all month. We wouldn't be able to get off the microphone. <laughs> uh, but so Spotted Cow, congratulations, Wisconsin. Um, and congratulations to uh, Jair Alexander. Uh, very, very enthusiastic about having the, the first good game against the Minnesota Vikings in his NFL career. And he totally shut down Justin Jefferson in that game. And I imagine he'll be pretty proud uh, as he's watching Justin Jefferson in the playoffs from the comfort of his own home. So uh, good job, Jair. Uh, you, you earned it. Oh, Terry, just coming with a sick burns tonight. <laughs> Not... Petty even a little bit. And definitely <laughs> in, in not pettiness, the actual cheers for this is to you, Damar Hamlin. Yes. Uh, let's let's, you know, keep our hearts, vibes, prayers, thoughts, whatever, uh, in in hopes of hearing more good news, uh and good good news uh sometime soon. Yeah. Cheers. Up. Uh let's shift from beers to beers. First of all, there and is buckets. a new and buckets, of course. And there is a new uh, item in the merch store that celebrates beers and buckets and also beeves. Uh, the latest genius creation from J.P. Bertram. Uh, we've got a dope, uh, it's, it's Beavs, Beers, and Buckets, Beavs and Beers and Buckets on a dope hoodie, a uh, dope t-shirt. We uh, That's what we have it available on right now. J.P., is there a crew neck or anything yet? We got a crew neck and a long sleeve tee as well now. Oh, dope. Mm. They are pretty, pretty sick, I must say. <laughs> Benny's Benny's modeling what a long sleeve tee what? looks like. In case you guys <laughs> forgot. <laughs> it's like sleeves that keep going <laughs> just going and going where do they end where do they end and nobody knows at the wrist or at the ankles you you, you, you never you gotta wear it to find out yeah um i might i might cap this crew neck nice i got a hoodie at it right now i got a hoodie on the way we've sold quite a bit of the tees to be honest uh a lot also as part of a New Year's thing, and not really a resolution, but as a celebration, um, if you're not in the Patreon already, get in there. I know we don't offer nearly as frequent content as we used to in the Patreon, but uh, by supporting us through there, you know we don't forget about you, uh, and hopefully you feel well taken care of because... Pa patrons last week uh, on New Year's Eve uh, were given the opportunity to get a free beefs and beers and buckets T-shirt. Exclusive so, merch drop. Exclusive. exclusive, exclusive and explosive. Exclusive, explosive and free and free, 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 right. free and free and free. Well, in <laughs> uh, speaking <laughs> of explosive, uh, women's basketball had a home stand against. Uh, the LA schools and before that had a game against NC Central uh, just just after Christmas uh, beat NC Central in a blowout uh, dropped one to the Trojans not great but then upset the number 10 UCLA Bruins and we've known this for a while we've talked about her for a while Reagan beers certified baller we've seen it basically 
from the moment she uh, took the floor in her first game for Oregon State that uh, this was a young athlete, you know, talented beyond her years, just felt more sure of herself than you see out of even some of the most talented freshmen out there. But this kind of felt like her announcement. This was the game got a lot of love. Uh, the Pac-12 has been getting a ton of praise and credit this women's basketball season so far. So everyone's seeing UCLA go down. We we mentioned it before. Every team that Oregon State has lost to is a damn good team, and they really just needed one of these wins, and they finally got it. And Reagan was incredible. Yep, in yep. Pac Pac twelve freshman of the week. Yeah, and was it her third straight double double as well? I mean, yep. Talk about the right time to to really start coming into your own. We've already we've already said so much about her, and I mean, like, look. <laughs> I know I wouldn't say that she was like overlooked by any means coming out of high school. She was the number ten overall prospect in the country, um, the number three uh, overall post. She was five star recruit. This was a big get for Ruick and Co. But at the same time, you don't see freshmen come in and make an impact like this. Um, and if they do, it's because the team's been struggling, right? And it's like they need some kind of new energy and some new life. Uh, this team has you know been on the rise for a long time. Uh, they've they've definitely hit some peaks uh, for a couple years as well. Um, and I would say like really last year's maybe a valley, which was insane a whole lot about the team. But like you know it, it was it wasn't one of our best years by any means, uh, especially with with Ruick at the helm. But she comes in. Um, she's not handed a starter's role. She's not handed a ton of minutes. She just makes do with what she gets. And every single time she went out there, she impressed all three of us. She's been solid nonstop. Um, and it felt like this is the kind of production and productivity on both ends of the floor that uh, you imagine scales with minutes. It wasn't just like a flash in the pan, like, oh, they're an she's like an energy player, right? Like, And, of course, she gets all these boards because she's hustling. Uh, of course, she gets the shots because she's got mismatches. They're still keeping her out of the starting lineup, which I think is the right move because she's getting starter minutes. Right. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm not I'm not worried about that. And I think that that's something that actually is playing to her benefit because maybe the the competition is allowing her to build confidence in those kind of matchups. But she's just so sure fire all the time. Um, you know, you don't see a lot of bigs that can just play so smoothly um, and then also have a, de you know, a deceitfully good jumper. I mean, like she can make shots from the outside. She can make her free throws, which is huge for someone like her who plays in the paint a lot um, and is getting going to get to the line quite a bit. She shot eight of 10 against UCLA. Yeah. 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 Yep. And, and, and six for six on her free throws. That's, yep. that's absolutely insane. That's yep. 14 of, or uh, she made 14 of the 16 shots she took. That's incredible. Especially yeah, right. for somebody who's, who's a big. Yep. Right. And just eight, eight double doubles in, in 14 games. Uh, the next highest freshman in the country has four. That's, that's pretty crazy. Um, she's been, uh, you know, one of, uh, one of several, uh, Beeves who have gotten the freshman of the week award multiple times um, since it was put in place uh, the 13-14 season. Those names are uh, Jamie Wisner, Sydney Weiss, Michaela Pivik, Taylor Jones, and Sasha Goforth. Shouts to osubeers.com for the info. Uh, that's some pretty good company right there. Uh, yep. And it's for a player who's uh, just getting started. And yeah, I think uh, 
part of it is if it's not broke, don't fix it. So I think, you know, Ruick is inclined to keep her coming off the bench because, you know, it's just, you know, if you, if you're in the game as an impact player, you're in at the end of the game, uh, I go back to, uh, you can debate this all day. JP, you and I will do it on if Ricky Rubio's career actually panned out. But when he came <laughs> over from Spain and still spoke very little English, one uh, reporter asked him if he would be okay coming in and not starting. Cause that was the rumor that he was going to have to earn his starting spot. Like all young guys do. And Ricky said, I want to finish the game because that is when the game is decide. And anytime there's like a controversy, I know this isn't a controversy and I, I don't think it is. Well, I think it'd be unfair to make it seem like it's one. Uh, but anytime that someone talks about like a player who should be starting or shouldn't be starting, I'm like, hey, the- no one really talks about finishers as often as they talk about starters. People are like, who's going to start? Uh, who's going to finish? And she's finishing and really, really helping this team win and really play well and hang in there. And just the mix of, of her and Talia, I think this is a combination that could be really special. And they just need to keep keep playing together. They're going to keep getting challenged. They got the Arizona schools on the road this week. Arizona's a really talented team. Mm-hmm. Uh, weird shit always happens in the desert. So, But Beavs playing uh, at Arizona, who's ranked number 15. Uh, this Friday uh, at 5 p.m. Pacific time on Pac-12 Network, I think like the greater women's college basketball community will be paying attention to this one. Yeah. Yep, for sure. <clears throat> yeah, and it seems like – just going back to your point about, like, does it matter if if someone's starting or not? And, and what I think it matters is, is the minutes that they're getting. And like JP said, she's getting starter minutes. Um, so if she's uh, starting the game or not, it doesn't really matter. Um, I, I'm really excited to see how she develops throughout the rest of the year and, and into next year too. I mean, she is the bona fide star of this team right now. Yeah. And it's funny because it's not even just like a, uh, box score production standpoint. There are plays that she's making that just look routine but you could tell there was a lot of athleticism there was i mean a lot of just skill that allowed the play to happen whether it's a board they'd be in the right place at the right time or some some move in the post and you're like who who was that you know if you're just if you're glancing up at it for a second to see what just happened like 90 percent of the time it's it's reagan beers and like that's very impressive I mean, it felt this is very similar to what it felt like with when Talia joined the program. All of a sudden, right. the highlights started flowing, and you're like, "Who was that?" And you're like, "Oh, of course, it was Talia." Like, I mean, right. <laughs> how was I not realizing that's who you know made that dribble or caught, just looked know, like caught, a vet shoot. right away, right away, right yeah. away. Um, and like speaking of vets, you know, I know we've kind of covered that uh, the, the two games and we're moving on, but we got to shout out Bendu for hitting the thousand sure. points. Thousand and, points uh, in her career. Yes, Portland. Hey. Portland's own. Yes, yeah, St. Mary's Academy. Stand up. Hey yo. I don't know go. if we have any listeners who went to St. Mary's, but if we did, my sister did. There we go. Does your sister listen? Uh, probably not. All right. Oh. Well, Elsa, what are you doing? Yeah, she has a new baby. It's the right time to listen. Yeah. All these, all these hours <laughs> away. Playing, playing belligerent beeves lulls your baby to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> or, or teaches them That's that what... uh, Terry swears a lot, like my mini baby. Yeah. An example of what not to do. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know what words not to say if you don't know them. I think that's how that works. That makes sense. That's true. Yeah, Bendu was amazing and uh, also had eight assists of 15, 15 and eight for her in this game. And another shout out to the, the crowd. Just like rewatching the, the highlights and as much of the game as I could. 
the crowd was was there. They were loud. Uh, they really they really showed out uh, for the for the game. And probably the most impressive part about this uh, from this. Uh, just the recap on OSUBeavers.com, the first line is Oregon State led for all but 44 seconds of the game. So getting an almost wire-to-wire -wire win, that takes any kind of flukiness or randomness out of it. I know teams will have their on nights and their off nights, but that's a pretty convincing win. And if you had watched the close losses like we were able to do for, for most of them, like you knew this was coming. Like this, this isn't this, people who may not have watched Oregon State, but have watched UCLA, could be like, oh, like this, you know, upset, upset, upset. It's a curve of the word around it, but it's not that big of an upset, really. I know we need to use that term because it, you know, fits nicely into boxes. But you know, UCLA players and coaches weren't surprised by this. They knew they're going to get a game, uh, yep. and also just one little stat. So. Their number one team in the country, South Carolina, is still undefeated. They've had two wins all year by less than double digits. The all the other ones, they just ran teams, you know, off uh, <laughs> off the court. Uh, one was a five point win against or two point win against Stanford, and a nine point win against UCLA. So UCLA has kind of gone toe to toe with the best team in the country, yeah. or at least looked good against the best team in the country. Which, if you watch South Carolina play, Don Staley's crew is legit that is uh, not i cannot imagine it's fun to play basketball against them so uh <laughs> that's that's you know ucla is is the real deal and they'll be making a run come tournament time so this is a, a pretty good uh feather in rook's cap for this season mm -hmm. yeah 100 yep and it's something to build on I mean, we've been talking about it for the last several months that this team's so young uh, they really do stand um, to to be able to improve quicker than the rest of the competition that is a little bit more senior. Um, they're still learning to play with each other. So uh, I, I think this could be the start of something really, really fun uh, to watch going forward. Yeah, and you, you see some of this play out in real time, right? I mean, the USC game is is a prime example, right? We're pretty close, uh, right out of half. Um, we pulled it with, I think, within three, uh, or actually, they, I think it was tied at halftime, right? But either way, so um, the you know the, the, a fourteen point deficit, like to open the second half, uh, and, and a quarter where you score eight points, um, isn't really. I think that's more execution and maturity, uh, familiarity than it is um, touting that. I mean, SC of course is a, a good squad as well. But like you just see how we hung around and held on, I guess, with with UCLA, and I feel like this is those are the blips that you should come to expect from a young team. It's just like we just you know fell on our flat on our face to to start a half uh, when we were in a game, uh, and they didn't give up though. I mean, I think fourth quarter really did show in that game as well um, that they were fighting to to get back into it. But uh, you'll have those moments. Um, I think as the season goes on, we'll see less and less of them. And like, yeah, the, between the, the two, at least, um, premier scorers on the team with Talia and Reagan, this is a team, uh, that's going to be very, very tough to, to stop, uh, come, come postseason time. And AJ's, yep. AJ's going to heat up calling it <laughs> yeah there you go i don't know if she'll end the season as the team's leading scorer like i predicted but i'm i'm still bullish on on this season from aj so if aj really gets going 
and the team you know the team still can get healthier than it's been yep so that's uh that's but scary for Oregon State opponents uh, as we mentioned Arizona schools on deck at Arizona on Friday Arizona State on Sunday sounds like a couple of wins for Ruick and the Beavs <laughs> I'm on board beating oh winning at in Tucson would be so, so dope, dope. So, so dope. dope. My New Year's resolution is to say dope at the exact same time. Benny also says dope when something's dope. <laughs> it's it 2023. So it's it's 2023. Things are dope in 2023. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but yeah, good shit. Women's basketball. Keep hooping. Keep hooping? Keep hooping. Uh, keep. You should. Keep hooping. Okay. <laughs> keep hooping. Keep hooping. I'm, an, I'm enunciating <laughs> the hooping. Your mind's just in the gutter. I don't know about or that. Or in the toilet. Keep falling. <laughs> JP, go. please play five seconds of O-State Ballas. ASU, this is how the ring looks. California, this is how the ring looks. You see yeah. I was going to request fewer five seconds, but when you make fun of me, it makes me request more things out of you. That's my <laughs> other New Year's resolution. <laughs> Bad things happened on New Year's Eve uh, on the puke court. Uh, in Eugene at Matthew Knight Arena, uh, Tinkle and the men's basketball team suffer a 77-68 to 68 loss at the hands of the Oregon Ducks. I don't fucking like those guys, guys. I don't they like them. suck. Um, the most contested rivalry uh, in the history of college basketball, but still... Uh, which, which despite, we still lead. Which we still lead, and despite this loss, the... Only Kansas, pretty good basketball school, I think we'd agree, has beaten mm-hmm. Kansas State more than Oregon State has beaten Oregon. No other team has more wins against a rival. So we're number two to Kansas in that nice. shit. Nice. That makes so. me feel better. Here's here's the thing though with with the with the men's basketball game. I um after watching it, it, it's it sucks to lose to Oregon. So you you feel sort of just shitty about it no matter what. Uh, Dashiell had an article that was, um, sort of angled in the way of, yeah, Oregon state lost, but there were good things to take away. And there were actually, it was actually a really good game for them. Um, so I went back and, and looking at the box score, it is so clear where this game was lost and that's, that's on the boards, right? Yep. We, we shot incredibly well, uh, from both the field. Well, I shouldn't say incredibly well. We shot about 50% from the field. We shot exactly 50% from three. Um, and, but our defensive rebounds equaled Oregon's offensive rebounds. We had 17 yeah. defensive Not rebounds. Oregon had 17 offensive bold rebounds. Bold strategy. Let's see if it pays off for them. So not great. Got to get those boards. Got to box out. Yeah. And I think like, I don't know, it felt like 10 of the uh, Ducks final points of the first half were all second chance points as well. Right. Yeah. Then you're going halftime down 13. Yeah. And it gave them that buffer that made at least a viewer feel like this might have already gone out of reach. Um, but I do want to comment that this team is again and again demonstrated so much more grit and fight than we've seen in a lot of teams in the last decade plus uh, from Oregon yep. State. And I know it's not a good constellation, especially after losing to, to Oregon in a game that we were we had a very uh, obvious opportunity to, to, to win. 
Um, but there's a lot of growing, and I think that Tinkle mentioning that, that this is a, actually a good thing for the team does say a lot. Um, there is It is a double-edged sword when you have to play a lot of dudes who are undersized for their position. And not, yeah. not to take away, I mean, like, Ratai is a big dude. Like, I mean, physically big. He's not tall. Well, he's taller than all three of us, maybe Terry and I combined. But he, <laughs> he is tall. And oh, he is pretty big. And he's fairly tall. Um, but him playing out of position as a freshman, um, that's, a, that's a tough and a tall order. And so that's the, the, the problem is that's, the, that's our secret to success right now are these smaller lineups. And I think what will happen is these guys will get better at rebounding. Um, I'm not too worried about it because it's not always size that wins the rebound battle. It, I mean, a lot of it's instinct, a lot of it's coaching, a lot of it's preparation um, and repetition, you know, just making sure you're in the right position, make sure you get a body on somebody, make sure you're boxing out, um, reading, reading the ball off somebody's hand or off the glass or off a rim. Uh, and those kind of things will ha- will fall into place with experience. And this team's young. Um, a lot of them, like I said, are playing out of position. And they are undersized. But I don't think that that's mm-hmm. an excuse uh, that they are undersized. I think those other two reasons are actually the positive. Um, some of the positives, at least, that Tinkle is probably you know hanging his hat on, that those things we can coach. You can't coach size, but uh, we, we can coach uh, making sure that people are in the right position. And so that's fixable. Yeah. I agree. Uh, and, and it is, it's just, it's about positioning. And when you have so many of these players that are getting minutes right now as freshmen or sophomores, um, and, and they're getting, I mean, Oregon's a, a veteran team. Um, and, and so they're going to find a way to, uh, to, to get those, to get those boards, right. And, and take advantage of the inex- in unexperienced, uh, underclassmen that, that we have. For yep. sure. But it's not, it's, yeah, it's, I, I think the thing that's been said about this team all year too, is, you know, the efforts there and, uh, rebounding is it's part effort, but I think effort can also be, you know, a detriment at points when you're, when you're pressing and just like playing a little too hard or out of control. I'm not saying that's been the thing holding us back for so long, but the efforts there rebounding is an absolute science as well. And you only get that by, you know, playing a lot and being experienced. And, you know, that's not, these guys have, haven't played together much. Uh, the two top scorers, uh, Akano and Taylor, were the guys who were here last year and played well in spite of everything last year. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it's hey, just, it's it, shout out Glenn Taylor, man. He has definitely turned it on. Yeah, he really has. He, I, I, He's been I, awesome. Yeah, I'm really happy to see him um, continuing that development that we saw last year. I know there was some blips we talked about before the beginning of the season where he was pressing a bit. Um, so shout out to GT, and uh, I'm really excited to see where he can take it from there. And Econo as well. I mean, yeah, dope to see a 20 yeah. point Dex game. Like, yeah, yeah. Dex, Dex is so explosive. And so high energy that if like if Dex levels up, watch out. Four for six from three as well. Yeah. Yep. But that's why like it was great. It was refreshing though to see a team that right now has kind of had this path lit up by youth um, and new and new energy uh, have a game that the veterans were really a big part as to why they you know had a, had a chance to pull that out. 
But um, what's up with Andela? Is he hurt? Has anyone hurt anything? Why his minutes just continue to dwindle? Like he he was like irrelevant. I mean, he played so little last year that. I wouldn't be surprised if there's some lingering health issue or health, health issue. Or I mean, yeah, because yeah. he was. I know they they put him on like what seemed like a minutes restriction to open the season, and it was like he started ramping up to you know from like 15 to 20. Uh, and the last five games, it's just been like 10. It's, let's see, it's 10, 14, 11, yeah, six, and six against Oregon. Yeah, and for for somebody that I you know, thought was playing fairly well, I think there was some yeah. points. There were some points where maybe it looked like the conditioning was going to be a factor early on for, I mean, which is understandable for a guy who missed an entire year, especially as a big mm-hmm. man, right? That's a, that's a lot of, there's a lot of conditioning that goes into somebody's body that is that large uh, and getting them in playing shape. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I mean, I would love to see him be that same kind of like veteran contributor, but I, I just don't know why he isn't on the court. And so I'm, I don't know if there's, Anyone out there that does have any insights that wants to, to share with us, shoot us a DM, reply to us, send us a, whatever a email. But um, very, very uh, curious to see how the rest of the season goes for him because I was really excited, as, at least for me personally, to see Rod back out on the court with the team. And getting to tweet hashtag Hella and Della. We, yeah, it's been a while now. That's a, yeah. that's a fun part of it too. Um, but yeah. It's it's a slow burn, y'all, up uh, up this uh, up this mountaintop that Tinkles climbing. But I will they're, say they're making this: progress, making progress. Uh, the so looking at second chance point, uh, second chance points. Um, JP, you made a good uh, point earlier about how Oregon really ended the first half, just getting a ton of their points off of those you know offensive rebounds. Uh, they, Oregon outscored a 17 to zero in second chance points in the first half. And the second half, we actually, we actually outscored them four to two. So whatever adjustments Tinkle made at halftime, it really did limit that. Um, and if we can just start the game out that way, uh, we would have had a, a really good chance to win this game. Yep. For sure. Yep. Uh, we'll get him next time. Yep. Men's basketball heads on its mountain school road trip uh, Thursday, the 5th at Utah. That game is at 7 p.m. Pacific time on Pac 12. And then Saturday, the 7th at Colorado. That game is at 6 30 p.m. Pacific time on Pac 12. We are not good in Colorado. No. <laughs> so hopefully we change that up. Pretend you're playing them in Vegas, like in March 2021. <laughs> go, to the, go to the, yeah, that's the last time we've beat them in our last uh, five matchups with them. Mm. And so, but hey, that was the one that counted the most. And yeah, let's, uh, Let's let's win let's win in the mountains, y'all. Let's climb yeah. climb the mountain. Let's climb mountains literally and figuratively. Mm. Yep. I'm in. Actually I don't like climbing, yeah. but I do like <laughs> winning. It needs to be Peloton climbing and then you'll start climbing. As, as soon as you can do it on the Peloton app. Then I love climbing. Peloton read thirty five books this year and JP will do it by fucking February. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we've got some football to talk about too. JP, I'm going to let you decide which of these young players, uh, in the news related to Oregon state, we talk about first. Mm. I want to uh, Jebbia. I feel like he deserves more, the most airtime. Okay. Mm-hmm. Tristan Jebbia in the transfer portal as a grad transfer. So he will be taking his talents elsewhere. 
we are not the foremost authority on transfer rules, but it is my belief that Jebbia's uh, eligibility had expired. They certainly played like it had, uh, giving him the game ball in the Vegas Bowl and making sure he got snaps in the Vegas Bowl uh, is indicative of at least knowing that he was going to play his last game as a beef. But I also think it's that old grad transfer rule that's that's still in play where you can you know play your four years of eligibility somewhere, transfer somewhere, enroll in grad school. And somewhere else. Season somewhere else. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So he has a, a grad transfer year of eligibility anywhere besides Oregon State. And I'm guessing there's a chance Nebraska is out of, off the table for that too. Whatever. Don't go to Nebraska. Uh, so <laughs> anyway, sorry to the, the lovely people of Lincoln and Omaha. Great, great towns. Uh, so Jebbia will be playing elsewhere, which I'm happy to hear. I, I, I kind of think – you could have like gone maybe the the Gunderson route and been a uh, grad assistant under the coaching staff right away, but it kind of feels like he's got more football to play. And with DJ Uyunglele transferring in and Aiden Childs coming here, and also being out of eligibility being a big factor, uh, that's not <laughs> something that could happen for him in Corvallis. But he's also been a big part of the turnaround. Yeah. Uh, and I just I I hope he throws for a million yards somewhere next season. Yep, same. I I just we've talked about it before, but I think giving somebody um or making somebody the cap one of the four captains of the team, knowing that he wasn't going to get any playing time, just speaks volumes for what he meant to that locker room. Yeah, this is a huge loss for the locker room. I mean, to, yeah. I don't know if there's any way to sugarcoat it. When it comes to the program, when it comes to that team, next year's team, this is a huge loss. And I know when it comes to being a player, that was already a foregone conclusion that he would not be a player at Oregon State next year. But there was a lot of chatter and hope uh, that he would end up as a grad assistant, stick around, continue to mentor uh, these young quarterbacks and these new quarterbacks coming into the program. Um, I, for one, personally am thrilled for Tristan, and I think that uh, this is making up for lost time. Um, yeah. time, time that was taken from him uh, undeservedly. That I really do think he would have had a uh, exciting and fulfilling collegiate career had his injury not occurred, and yep. it would have been with Oregon State. He would have. Probably ended up after this season as sticking around as a as a grad assistant. Um, I bet you, if you asked him point blank if he could return to Oregon State as a graduate student transfer, if he would do it over any other school, and I guarantee you, he'd say yes. So I, I have all I've seen is positivity around him entering the portal uh, across the Beaver Nation on social media. And I think that is very remarkable um, because there are a lot of people who just don't understand the the nuance of the grad transfer or the transfer portal or, or eligibility in general, um, who would maybe uh, not think twice and, and start you know, mouthing off on, on social media about a player just leaving their program. Um, and I have not witnessed that at all, which is very, very, very cool. Um, right. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I hope he goes and crushes it. I hope he doesn't crush it against yeah. us if we happen to play, play wherever he <laughs> ends up. 
Um, Tristan Jebbia to UC Davis and upset Oregon State in the opening of New Easter Stadium. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I chose violence today, y'all. But there's just something to be said about you know writing your own final chapter, and I think that uh, he deserves that opportunity. And so good for him. Best of luck. Thank you for what you've done for Beaver Nation. I hope we get you back soon uh in in a in a coaching style role um because you are a, a massive massive part of this program and a very impactful uh human being and leader for uh these young players for sure yeah 100% and he was he didn't get to partake in the final play but he was awesome in that 2020 civil war and it sucks that that was a game that he also got hurt in because it was like we were we were seeing him turn that corner and it was exciting and get yep. gonna get punctuated with uh a win against your hated rival, and who knows what happens. You know, we can't uh, – there's just no way of knowing. Uh, but, yeah, I will be very interested to see where he ends up. Uh, Going to probably look at some rumors and places uh, who he might need a quarterback and start getting my own my own list of uh, hopeful landing spots for him. And, yeah, as long as he doesn't uh, go so, – if he goes somewhere that's on our schedule next year, we'll cheer for him 11 Saturdays out of the fall. Uh, if he goes to Oregon, I can't say that will be the case. Hey, I got a question <laughs> I'm for you guessing both. He's not going to Oregon. He won't go to Oregon. No, um, I'm joking. Being we have two. Come we on. have two ex starting quarterbacks in the transfer portal. Yeah. Who, who would you, Benster. as as a head football coach, just blanket Jibia, blanket Jibia and Vidlak? No, uh, Vidlak. Is he? Did he leave Boise State? No, yeah. I'm talking about Nolan. Oh yeah, Chance Nolan. Fuck yeah. Um, who, if as a yeah, blanket, Vid- as a blanket Vidlak claim, start, who would you uh, want first? If don't think about if, scheme or personnel, right? Or if offense you're no, running. It, so you, we have to say like they have the same chance of seeing the field from a health standpoint for the, for like the hypothetical. Yes. I think I think I go. I think I go with Chance. Okay. I think I would too. Uh, the only caveat to that would be if you have a bona fide starter, I think having Jebbia in the quarterback room is more valuable, but chance on the field. Uh, I, I think he has a higher ceiling right now. I don't, I don't disagree, but yeah. it, uh, yeah. right. It really, it really a does sto- depend. Storybook ending would be somehow uh, if you had to compare the two seasons next year that uh, not that they're in real competition, didn't like each other or anything, at least as far as I know. But uh, right. just seeing a redemption story from a guy like Jebbia does feel a little more rewarding uh, given how much was kind of snatched from him uh, from his playing yeah. experience. Well, and the fact, too, that, like, I mean, he was a four-star recruit, right? Went to Nebraska, thought he was going to get the starting job, came to Oregon State and should have had the starting job, got injured, and still was, like, a huge part of the team, even as he was injured. So, yeah, it's not to take anything away from chance, but, like, Jebbia's story, it's just, like, your heart bleeds for him, right? Like, you just really want to see him succeed somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, we're chance heads. We want to see chance do well somewhere, too. Hell, yeah. All his contributions. But uh, the circumstances of which our two starting quarterbacks – are leaving the program uh, through the same means is mm-hmm. very. It is interesting to to, to look at. Yep. Yeah, he's a he's an LA kid, so there's really not a sort of easy hometown story here. With USC and UCLA are probably pretty <laughs> off off the off the shopping list for yeah. him if if he wants to play. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll we'll see though. And I best of luck to to both those guys. Everyone who's 
you're leaving. No one's really left in a uh, fuck you manner yet. No, right. (laughs) Which is uh, evidence of a good culture and a strong foundation that Jonathan Smith has built. Yeah, Um, and anyone anyone that's going to leave in a fuck you manner would have already been gone by now. Right. Like, that usually happens like the first day that that they can announce that they're going to the transfer portal. Yeah, because that's that, I've noticed that. Like this does feel interesting that the dominoes are starting to fall a bit with the transfer portal for Oregon State uh, when it comes to people l- moving on much later than other schools, and it's mm-hmm. really just kind of started this this week. Um, and I think a lot of that has to probably do with the holidays, to be honest, I think a lot of people probably had very tough conversations with Jonathan Smith or their position coach, but the reality of where they stand on the team or what the opportunity looks like on the team next year, they took a minute to digest it. They went home for the holidays. They probably spoke with their family. They had time to decompress and move away from you know being on campus or in the facilities and really think through what's best for them. Um, and it's, they're making those decisions now. Uh, they're not haste, hastily made decisions because the season ended and they hated their coach and they didn't like the amount of playing time they got. So they're, they're declaring to enter the portal, uh, which you see at a lot of the programs, which you saw a lot before all, you know, even bowl season hit. Um, so yeah. that means, I mean, that, that means uh, that the program is very healthy and is in a very good spot. Um, yeah. That these are probably just the outcomes of very difficult conversations that were ha- had and, uh, reality sunk in that some players felt like they want to take their stab at, you know, playing somewhere else and getting a chance somewhere else. One of those difficult conversations too, just because we're, this feeds into what we're talking about, but uh, backup long stopper Connor um, Mahalovich is going the Juco route at uh, Citrus College, I believe. Backup long snapper to Dylan Black, who was phenomenal this year. If I spent, I, I burned all of my special teams enthusiasm on Losher. <laughs> Dylan Black is an amazing long snapper uh, and just finished his sophomore year of eligibility. So he's going to be around the next two seasons for sure. Uh, Connor is a lifelong Beaver fan. And so even he said in his uh, tweet that he's not ruling out a return to Oregon State either after playing uh, Juco. Uh, or just coming back, maybe you know, as a, as a coach someday. But he also in in college or in in high school, rather, he played DN, linebacker, tight end, and fullback. So going somewhere where he can get a bit more action uh, than you do as a backup long snapper, good for him. Yeah, uh, tear tear it up there, Connor. Uh, and Connor's and Connor's he, a supporter and listener of ours. So and he has been for a long yeah. time. Yeah. Hell yeah! So, so thank you, Connor. Hope you keep uh, tuning thank you, in. Connor. Yeah, and, and I would say. Like that's the appropriate decision, to be honest. If if you're gonna be backing somebody up who who is going to be a junior next year, like you you don't get into uh D one college football without being ultra right. competitive. So you want that playing time. So I, I'm happy for him. I I uh you know we'll be cheering cheering him on for sure. For sure. But seeing Connor that number forty nine too, like he was visible during yes. every game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. On, on the sidelines cheering for the guys, standing up on the bench. So that's you know a a good a good a good guy, a good man that we're that we're losing. But uh you know spread spread your wings and fly, young king. Yep. Uh, go go get it. Uh, let's keep it going with people we're losing, and then we'll wrap up with people who we know are staying. All right. And this is a different one. One of our favorite players. I I, I would say I believe Benny's favorite player on this yeah. team. Yeah. Declaring for the 2023 NFL Draft, number five in your programs, number one in Benny's heart, cornerback <laughs> Alex Austin. 
This is one that I am proud of. I love Alex Austin. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite beeves ever. Would love to see him tear it up in the NFL. I believe that he can. And that's just being uh, contrasted against my sadness to not watching him play in uh, Corvallis and for the Beavs anymore. And also just my sort of dread towards the NFL draft process and hoping the league gives him the credit that I believe he deserves. Yep. So I best of luck. Tear it up, Alex. I would draft you in the second or third round, but I'm not an NFL GM. I fucking should be. I've been <laughs> campaigning for this for a while. <laughs> uh, with every single Vikings draft pick, uh, but I just I, I the NFL draft process is insane. It's wild. Just unexplainable shit happens. These guys get advice from people who are in the know, uh, quote in air quotes, and get grades that seem to mean anything or not mean anything. So if it ends up being a situation on uh, draft weekend where it's like Jamar Jefferson waiting until the the third or fourth to last pick to hear his name called him not hearing his name called i just i worry about that shit happening mm-hmm. but i know i we've heard uh alex has been very active in the public space through through nil with his foundation so he's been you know someone we've at least gotten to know uh from a media standpoint very very smart kid hell of a fucking football player so yeah. i have no doubt that he's gonna be successful and we'll figure it out it's just I have no faith in the NFL. Yeah. I have no faith in the NFL to analyze Oregon State players properly. <laughs> and I think it's it's that thing where, you know, there's so much over-analysis with shit like that. And I, But I feel like he's one of the guys who's improved so much over the last two years and is only going to get better. And so my... I think anxiety over this is more so just I want to make... I want Alex to be taken care of and I know he'll take care of himself and he'll he'll be in a very successful person no matter what uh more so yeah. than it is for me being like oh shit who's gonna play corner now like we'll be fine yeah we've got we've got dudes we've got players coming up uh we can talk more throughout the off season we don't need to get through all that tonight but it's just we and we were talking about how you benny you said like it's still early in the process but you had mentioned that same day before we even saw the tweet from alex that Rajon Wright's not getting really any love in any of the NFL draft pre shit right now. And yeah. that's a whole like sickos convention. Like, NFL draft people are wild and there's not a, the, the mocks and the articles will come out much more. now I think we'll see that uh, like the senior bowl is kind of a touchstone event. So if Rajon has a good week down there, he should be good. But yeah, it's like you see these guys ball out and you think they're going to get drafted high and then it's crickets on an actual draft weekend and it's disappointing. Yeah, I, and I've I've really thought about uh, this a, a lot since Alex had, had made his announcement. Um, and number one, uh, he will be missed on the football team. And from a football sure. perspective, um, it, it disappoints me from the perspective that I want to see him play next year in an Oregon State uniform. So selfishly, it's it's disappointing to see um and and i i don't want that to cloud my judgment but going just like going through the mock i don't know shit about other (laughs) programs other than oregon state but going through the mock drafts it is a cornerback heavy year so it's not necessarily a great year to be coming out as a corner um and he improved so so much. I mean, we just think about the USC game down in LA last year. Like he got 
granted he was playing well, he was matched up with a the first, very good receiver in, in the first half in the first half yeah he was yeah. he improved substantially in the second half but he was getting torched in the first half and and he was a lockdown corner this year so just the improvement from one year to the next was dramatic he would have been the clear number one corner going into next year and i think could have really showcased his skills to solidify himself in that second or third round maybe even a first round um i really hope that i'm wrong but for all the reasons that you mentioned too terry like it's just so unpredictable the nfl draft i like i personally don't think this is the right decision for him but we'll be cheering him on nonetheless like so hard uh he he was such a fun player to watch and such a good person um I just I hope that this decision doesn't come back and bite him and, and he's sitting there undrafted on, on draft day. Yeah, and I, I mean I I totally agree with that. And I think we've seen that play out a lot uh for Oregon State football players in the last fifteen, twenty years that have mm-hmm. declared early, uh gone gone to the NFL, gone undrafted or a lot later than anticipated as we've said. But I don't know if this was the wrong decision for him. I, and I, I feel like this is coming around just because of the events of the game yesterday, that the shelf life of a football athlete's uh, career sure. is, is so strikingly short that uh, when you feel this is your opportunity to finally take the leap and, and try to get to a, what you've been working towards for what's felt like your entire life. I can never fault somebody for going that route. Um, 100%. And I don't think you were either, but uh, I just have to, I have to make sure that we say, we'll never, we'll never say uh, that somebody should stick around and and play for nearly free um, when there's opportunity in front of them to make money uh, for this, all the sack after all the sacrifices that their family has gone through to help them with their career, their, their mind and body has gone through to make it this point in their career. Um, The one thing though, that I, I I will say is that uh, look, a lot of these guys, yeah. Like, if they stick around for another year, they might increase their draft slotting a round or two, but you just still don't know in the NFL if you're a fifth-round, fourth-round pick, you still might not make it. You still might get cut by the time your rookie contract is even not even up. So um, mm-hmm. anyway, making any money in the NFL is a dream for almost all of these players, right? right. I mean, like – that was making any like, professional it, it, money with sports was my dream. And I barely played through middle school for most sports. So <laughs> you were an all American high school volleyball champion. Yeah. Now, not a, not, not <laughs> a whole lot you of professional leagues yourself on this podcast, JP. But like, but you, <laughs> you understand the point, right? It's like this making yeah. something to them is, is, is yeah, it's just barely scraping you know the bottom of the barrel for what was their dream, but it still helps them achieve that dream. It helps them yeah. feel fulfilled in that way. Um, yeah. Also, on, on a broader perspective, one sec is that uh, this looks good for Oregon State. Still, it does. I was gonna get to that. Yeah. It, it, this is a great thing for Oregon State. We have been producing NFL athletes at a higher clip for our our rating levels for recruitment for a long time, and. Yeah. You don't you don't look at uh, well recruits just don't look at well what was that guy coming out of high school he went to Oregon State and then how did he do Oregon State 
They recognize the names of players who got a taste of the NFL. That's honestly why when you walk into Valley Football Center, like the first thing you see are all the helmets of the active teams that currently have active players on their practice squad or their main squad or that are ex-Oregon State football players because that impresses your recruits. Um, And so – I hope that Alex Austin has an incredible NFL career that he stays healthy, makes tons of money and is you know one of the top corners of all time when it's all said and done. But I also just love that uh, one, he's chasing his dream. And even if he's a seventh round pick or a practice squad player, he's another NFL player who reached his dream that went through Oregon state um, and I think everyone is better for that. So, yeah, I, I 100% agree. I, I think that because w- he'll get picked up, whether it's on draft day or an undrafted free agent, he'll get picked up and whatever team ends up with them is uh, is going to get a, a real uh, prized possession there. I mean, he is um, he is his ceiling is so high. Uh, and I think that's the thing that caused me to sort of second guess this decision is like his, you can tell his ceiling so high and I don't know if he showcased that in a way that has grabbed NFL scouts attention. I hope it has, it should. Um, But I I mean, I I just get the feeling that he is going to continue to improve at an exponential rate and, and we'll see him be playing on Sunday. And we just want to make sure that he's getting his flowers as much as we want to give him his flowers. There's also a thing too, in the, like JP was kind of speaking to this, like the, and Benny, you were as well, the competitive streak in it is like going pro and it's not even necessarily to get drafted, but just to get on a field and training camp. If you get undrafted, it's like, as long as I get on a training camp field, I'm going to show I'm the best corner on this fucking field. Yeah. And other players have done that before. And for a lot of these guys, it's not about money. (laughs) I mean, it's about money, but it's also about getting that opportunity in, in the NFL and waiting another year, which, you know, your stock can go down and you can also get hurt. So yeah, uh, I certainly think he's good enough, and I know he does too. So just get on that uh, training camp practice field and show him what you can do, and it should work out. Yep, yep. Do you have anything else, JP? I feel like I cut you off. No, I forgot. Oh, <laughs> all right. Well, yeah, that's also we talked a little bit about this with Coletto uh, as well, who was we we kind of knew it was going pro, uh, but yeah, I worry, <laughs> I worry about the hoity-toity. No fun league looking at a guy who plays excellently at, you know, seven or eight different positions, thinking that there's not room for him in this in this league that doesn't try to put square pegs around holes or invent new, you know, holes, shapes and stuff. That so that's actually hard. I now remember, but I was just going to say, and to Benny's point, uh, maybe both your points, but about. Um, not a lot of like, uh, he, he, he didn't get a lot of, make a lot of noise. Alex Austin specifically make a lot of noise, um, with NFL executives, at least what it he seems made like. No, he made but, noise, like, but, he well, no, we don't know. But like, I think I maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but I do recall reading, I think on Twitter, um, that there were no NFL teams in attendance for the Las Vegas bowl, uh, scouts wise. Really? That seems ridiculous. 
that does seem pretty crazy. I'll have to find it, but I, I, I yeah, remember I, did, I hadn't I hadn't heard that, but that is dumb. Yeah, there's like nothing else happening that day other than the greatest comeback in NFL history. <laughs> What's this? Scouts don't what, need you, to look you at. Don't, you don't pay scouts to watch current NFL games. <laughs> it's one of the early. Yeah, that uh, that seems stupid. And there's uh, like there's other guys on. Uh, you know, Florida's team who they'll be looking at, you know, a couple years from now. So I don't know. I, I, I just have no faith in the NFL. That's why it's just, you know, it's like a proud, you know, just, you know, adult being, being worried about, about the, the world, but we are very, we're very happy for Alex, obviously yeah. for getting this opportunity to chase his dream. Yeah. Just don't, just don't go to the Packers and we'll, <laughs> we'll be, we'll be fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> On that, we do have to mention uh, we, there's been good news, uh, at least in the shape of Oregon State's uh, 2023 roster, uh, especially on the defense, which is huge. Uh, d- defensive lineman James Rawls, it had been said that he would come back. A lot of people were saying that, and then he posted the uh, – the the tweet the the infographic tweet that makes things official so james rawls number 52 back katano ladapo number 28 back our leading tackler Bang. uh our our lead Huge. i believe james rawls led the defensive line in snaps and raw Dapo was one of those guys who's all over the fucking place and yep. i'm so excited to see him with another year under his belt uh, it's going to be huge for us. And Rawls was one of those guys too, where like you look at him as a defensive lineman, the numbers don't pop off. But just rewatching some of those games, he made so many plays, and he just influenced yeah, shit by like forcing penetration. And he was just a thorn in defensive lineman sides. And there's a couple games offensive where he lineman sides by offensive lineman sides. Sorry, yeah. thank you. Uh, and there were some games where he would go out with like a minor injury, and you could just sort of see the uh, like the level just sort of decrease a little bit just without him in there. Yep. So he's a guy that I think can play in the NFL. Uh, Oladapo as well, but I'm very excited to have them back for another year. Uh, losing losing Ray, losing Alex is tough, but kind of expected. Yeah. Uh, losing more of them, uh, Rawls and Oladapo, just more more pieces to replace. I think we've, we've got some people coming up on the defensive line. That'll be great. So having a really experienced veteran cog in there, uh, with Rawls, I think is going to be huge, and I think we'll we'll see we'll see the defensive line, you know, ma- make stuff do stuff next year. I, I I'm yep. really bullish on the development of our defensive line in 2023. It's well, 2023. It's 2023 with Oladapo, <laughs> Oladapo, and Alton uh, Julian in the uh, right. sort of playing center field there as as our two safeties. Like I know we talked about the secondary going into this year. Um, you know, it's, it's going to, we'll see what happens with the, with the corners that replace, uh, right in Austin. I, I, you know, they did get playing time this last year, Cooper and who would be uh, Jaden Robinson and Skylar Thomas as of yeah. now. Cooper was so good in like the slot. So yeah. I don't know if they'd move Cooper to the outside. It'll be interesting to see, but we'll talk more about that stuff in, yeah, in yeah, the yeah. spring. But, but I mean, and, and so then I'm looking at, uh, obviously like, uh, Omar, uh, Omar Spates, if, if he's coming yeah. back and if, yeah, if he so comes back, like watch the fuck out, our totally. defense is going <laughs> to be really good next year. I mean, they'll, they'll be good regardless, but that, that would be a huge piece for sure. For sure. So good news all around. It's, it's, it's those things where it's good either way when you yeah. see, see that tweet and, 
happy for for these guys chasing their NFL dreams. And if we, you know, continue to become that school that's gaining a reputation for making draft picks, yes, then that's that's you know that's that big picture stuff. So yeah, uh, I wanted I wanted more Alex Austin as a beef, but hey, he's gonna your be, thing. He's going to be in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And keep, keep killing King. Hey, and look like there, there are two ways right now that you can lose players. You can lose them in the transfer portal or you can lose them to the NFL draft and d- we're losing them to the NFL draft. And that is far and away the, be- the, the, the better way. Yeah. Well, yeah. For the most part, the, we're, we're losing our key players, a key yeah. meaning like contributing onto the field players uh, to the NFL draft. And, and, and when that we is do a good problem players in the transfer portal, it's like a love fest going back and yep. forth between the the program so yep. it's 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 i think the the vi- like uh oh shit i didn't ask you about the donovan grant vibes meter for the men's basketball team uh it's too late now but the donovan yeah. grant vibes meter for, for the football team is uh is nine million leaping donovan grants uh leaping over the moon which i do know <laughs> that donovan grant can do i've seen him do it mm-hmm. so yeah it's it's a good it's a good time for beaver football as we've detailed on this podcast several times over in these yeah. 78 episodes <laughs> still ha- still haven't yeah we're, we're hey, it's also two. season three season three hey nice. oh shit yeah it is <laughs> do we do we officially like do we start a new season in anchor whenever there's a new annual year is that how our podcast is structured or are we still technically in season one well we kind of committed to that on accident last year so um yes we we do okay so <laughs> yeah. season three yeah Season three of Belligerent Beeves. Uh, everyone is more excited for season three of the Belligerent Beeves than they are season three of the White Lotus. White Lotus. They I all told say, me. We, needed, we need to do like a season three preview, you know, like outro. Yeah. Where it's like JP, clips. please play five seconds of the White Lotus theme song. <laughs> <laughs> do you guys ever think in the White Lotus theme song that they're going, <laughs> that's yeah. all I can think of. <laughs> <laughs> All right, on, that note, now. on that note <laughs> on that note thank you for tuning in to the Blue Beast podcast every time we look at the notes and you're like hey this one could be an hour it goes 90 minutes but that's why we're here <laughs> happy new year one and all uh, good luck with your New Year's resolutions. Let us know what they are at Beeves on Twitter, at Beeves on Instagram, Beeves on Facebook, I guess, uh, Beeves on Mastodon. Uh, it's Mastodon. It's Morphin's time. That was a dope, Zord. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Is that what they did? No, no that's Zoltan. That's Zoltan. That's Zoltan. Uh, Morphin <laughs> time was more just like a oh, yeah. cat close to Zoltan. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, we're doing a great job wrapping this up quickly. So thank you for tuning into the 78th episode of the Belligerent Beeves podcast. Uh, I am joined, as I always am, by my be- beloved, delightful, handsome ass co host, JP Bertram, in Portland at the Trill J on Twitter. That's at the underscore Trill underscore J because he's too Trill to be real. And at JP Bertram on Instagram. Up in Tacoma Way, Benjamin Lawrence Sebastian Weehead. He's Benny with the good coffee. He's Benny Bedlam because he's fucking crazy. Folks, Benny Bull Game, Benny Burner, Benny Benny Burner, Benny burned his hand tie dyeing in accident because he fell off of the tree in his front yard that's trying to kill him. 
Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll workshop that one uh, at BennyL1986 on all the social media channels. And me, Terry Horseman, at Terry Horseman on Twitter, at Terrence Horseman on Instagram. Please like, subscribe, rate, review the show wherever you get this, your podcast. It helps us grow the show a lot. And please share the show with a friend. And remember, in 2023, season three, it's 2020 fucking three, folks. No matter what, you can't spell chop them without just kidding. You can't spell chop them without hope. So chop them, <laughs> chop them, chop them. Bring back Bernice. And we out.